The Ponch Stevenson Show. PonchStevenson.com. Episode 174. Friday, July 15th, 2011. So this is The Ponch Stevenson Show. PonchStevenson.com. Episode 174. I am Rob. You are Greg. Hello. We are the hosts with the most. Uh, uh, cut it out. <laughs> Alright, so what's what's going on? What's oh, new? Boy. What do you got? Talk to me. Well, this is this is shoot. Go ahead, shoot. Some, shoot me uh, some info. Uh, shoot. This is just some Shut up. Um this is just uh, me piecing together a whole bunch of things, little little snippets that I've collected over the past few weeks that we haven't covered yet. Let's in the cosmos. Let's crank it out. The cosmos. The final frontier. No. So, all right. So the first thing, get this right off the uh, right off the bat, is um, Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Yes. If they were to ban wars, I'd hope these Star Wars would stay. Ah, Star Wars! Nothing but Star Wars! Give me the Star Wars! Don't let them end! How about that nutty Star Wars bar? Can you forget all the creatures in there? And hey, Darth Vader in that black and evil mask. Did he scare you as much as he scared me? Ah! Star Wars! Those near in Star Wars! My seventh winner up here! Star Wars! You don't remember that Bill yes, Murray that was Star what Wars I was referencing. Now. Um, so, Star Wars. So I saw this on Ain't It Cool News dot com. Uh, apparently this guy Rick McCallum, who is like George Lucas's, I don't know. Psychiatrist? <laughs> Please. Uh, second in command over there. <laughs> yeah. Lucas Films. So, uh, they were asking him about this. This Star Wars live action show. <laughs> this is—I don't even know when this show was first announced. It's—it's it's been like five or six years. I, I don't even know at this point. And so apparently, they have fifty hours of what they're calling third draft scripts that have been written. So, like twenty-five episodes. I guess I don't know. Or no, don't know. wait, that doesn't make sense. A hundred episodes. Well, when you say hours of these scripts, that could just be, you know, a ton and you gotta cut it down anyway. Okay. Anyway. 
My point being, they have all this stuff written. They have several seasons worth of episodes. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if it's that. They um they have all this stuff, but they don't have they don't have anything shot. They haven't done any like major pre production. Nothing. Well, why would they? What do you mean? Why would they? I'm being sarcastic. No. So this guy McCallum is like, he goes. The problem we have is there's a lot of digital animation. Um, however, we don't have the technology yet to be able to do the animation at a price price that is safe for television. Why not? So we're going to wait three or four years. But basically what he's saying is... You could just is, go on eBay and buy like old tandies <laughs> for like $50. Yeah, I know, but that it would take too long to create the animation. and it's it, Believe me, even today, when you look at science fiction shows on television today, and you look at some of the the CGI that they use on the shows. It's still really hokey looking. So? Well, they don't, you know, they don't want it to look TV like that. show. Get over it. Now, see, now what's ridiculous is they're, they've been doing that Clone Wars, now, which is all CGI. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess trying to inter, inter, you know, interweave the digital, the animation with the live action must be very costly. Here's my question. All right. I, I have the solution. Why don't they just shoot the new parts of the episodes and then whenever they need, like, you know, if they go into a space battle or something like that, just show, like, a 10-second clip from one of the movies. Just splice well, it in and then go back to the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They're really Come gonna on. Right. Now, Stop here's footage. The thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's remember that's what they used to do in a lot of those old shows, like the old, like the original Battlestar Galactica. I mean, the whole show was stock exactly. Footage. But no, they're they're not going to do that. So, but here's the here's the kicker, though. Listen, wait, hold on. Here's, here's how they could take up, like, three minutes of time for each episode. And then, you know, and, and then obviously that cuts that three minutes of time out that they don't have to worry about. You have a, 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 a scene, I guess, in every single episode where they're like, you know, like Luke Skywalker and Han Solo are like, all right, it's time to, to battle the rebels or whatever. Yeah. And then you have three minutes of them, like, they high five each other. They run down a hallway. <laughs> they get into their outfits. Like you know how in He Man, like Batman, like, yeah, like like in He Man, every episode it was like oh. that two minute transformation scene that they just kept recycling, yeah. which I love. Well, that was well, that was filmation. I mean, filmation, <laughs> like ninety percent of each episode was recycled. I don't know how they kept making all these episodes. But I love that. Or like I know, but that got a little in the filmation Ghostbusters. Like, all right, we have to go battle Primeval. They would high five. They would go into that elevator, and then for the next five minutes, it showed them getting dressed. Well, and and then you know the thing where you know oh you know I have the power. That was the footage they kept. That's what I'm saying. So they could just they could eat up like three minutes by recycling the same like running down the hall, getting into the ship, and, you know, getting ready for battle sequence. I guess, I guess they could, yeah. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, 
Well, they're not going to do that because they're insane. Now, here's the real all kicker, right. though. Actually, there's a couple things. First of all, now again, Lucas is still trying to come up with an idea for the fifth Indiana Jones. I mean, this guy is ridiculous. What does he do all day? Does he just sit around and, and, and just eat and sleep and do nothing? This guy can't get anything done. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So anyway, what does he do all so, day? Nothing. So he just thinks of ways to uh, ruin movies that he's done already. So he's been doing this movie called Red Tails for years now. And this movie is about, it's like a, you know, the drama based on the Tuskegee Airmen who were the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the black African-American uh, uh, army pilots in, in World War II. Does this have to do with Star Wars? Oh, no. Okay. So it's a movie about them, even but though not, there was already... He's not making them fly around in like X-Wings or no. whatever? No. Okay. No, it's World All War right. II. Um... So, you know, he was he's doing a movie about them, even though there was already a movie made about them in the 90s with Cuba Gooden Jr. and Lawrence Fishburne, which without a doubt will be better than anything this idiot comes up with. Is it like World War II on Tatooine? No, it's World War II. Here's the thing, though. Here's the kicker. They shot this movie. Now, again, what CGI do you need? It's World War II. They shot this movie in 2009. He's still nowhere near done with the editing. Ugh. It's like, is this, mo- is this movie ever going to come out? No. This guy is ridiculous. It never will. But who's in it? I don't even know. Who cares? But So this, they're waiting to finish this movie. Where they start with this thing. It's like, oh, God. So now here's the real kicker, though. This is what I was getting to. Because this is what, like, in Ain't It Cool News, they were making fun of this. The guy McCallum says, um, we're, we're looking at... Oh, okay, this, this is what he says. So he goes, we're going to wait three or four years. Then he goes, network television and cable te- television as we know it are completely imploding. So we're not really sure that in five years' time we can release a dramatic one-hour episode because it's all reality TV now. So this thing's never going to get made. The Star Wars TV show. Yes. So, But here's the thing, though. Here's the kicker. So he talks about what it's about. He goes, the episodes take place between uh, episode three and the first, essentially, was the first Star Wars movie. A New Hope. Um, yes. He goes, when Luke Skywalker was growing up as a teenager, but has nothing to do with Luke. Which, again... Why not? <laughs> you Again, who's going to watch Who does it have so to anyway, do with? I don't know. It, so basically, he goes, this is about, uh, he goes, basically, it's like the Godfather. It's the Empire slowly building up its power base around the galaxy. What happens in Coruscant, which is the major capital. Um, there's a bunch of underground bosses who live there, control drugs, <laughs> prostitution. So, so the, he's making a Star Wars mafia. It's the Godfather. Yes, Star exactly. Wars mafia. Yes. So it's going to be like the Sopranos in space. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? What do you need digital animation for? It's going to be like, you know, they're going to be hanging out at the go-go bar. They're going to whack yes. people with yes. lightsabers. <laughs> hey, uh, that uh, the guy over on Tatooine there. 
you know, uh, are you going to play along? Yeah. All right. Well, come on. That guy over in Tatooine over there. What was the name of the... Oh, all right, I got it. Hey, Tony, we got to whack out the guy over in the cantina. No, 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 no. Hold on. You got to play along with me. Don't you... Do you remember, um, um, analyze this? Yeah. Okay. No, you play along. Hold on. Hey, we got to... Some guy over in Tatooine. We got to go see him about uh, the thing. <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing? Oh, you don't remember the movie that... The th- you know, they were talking, the, the FBI was listening in, so they had to talk about things, but they couldn't say what it was. Oh, yeah. Alright, I'll start off. Uh, okay. <laughs> and first of all, the guy's name wouldn't be Tony. But that's what makes it funny. Alright, fine. Hey, Vinny, we gotta go whack out the guy <laughs> over in the cantina. What guy? You know, the guy, uh, the, the, the Han Solo guy. Oh, that guy, don't you... Uh, he's the guy with the thing, right? Yeah, the thing, you know, the the thing we gotta go, uh... uh, uh Wait, is, is that the first thing or the second thing? The second thing. Ah, wait a minute, but is that the second thing that happened before the first thing or the second thing that happened after the second thing? No, the second thing that happened after the third thing. Ah, the third thing. You know the two sons... The who? two sons. All right, this is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do. I know, but that's how. That's how absurd. The two youths. <laughs> Darth Vader comes after you, and who? Who set the? Uh, who is running this illegal operation? There were two youths, Lord Vader. <laughs> to what? Youths. Did you say yes? Yeah, two utes. What is a ute? See, oh, I'm sorry, your highness. Two utes. You want me to get the clamps? So, so, so <laughs> now, now George Lucas clamps. is ripping off The Sopranos, The Godfather, and my cousin Vinny. <laughs> and Goodfellas. And, Goodfellas and uh, Casino. <laughs> Oh my god. He should have Al Pacino in it then. Hoo-ha. He could be like Senator well, he could be Senator Palpatine. Actually, he could be Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Come on. No, but I mean so basically what the guy on an Any Cool News was was joking about is he so basically he goes, This is so frustrating. Is this sounds like they're making a television series involving all the elements I don't find particularly interesting about Star Wars. <laughs> the Star Wars Mafia. Yeah, I mean, this is... This is so stupid. But, but look, I mean, seriously, though. If, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, if they could do Star Trek on TV and Battlestar mm. Galactica and Lost in Space and... Why can't they do a Star Wars in the year 2011? <laughs> they can't because they're idiots. Well, they do it on, in the cartoons. Uh, live action. Uh, All right, anyway, yeah. next. All right, Sick so, of this idiot. 
All right, so the offshoot to this topic is uh, actually involving Steven Spielberg, a good friend of uh, George Lucas. And the reason I say that is that Steven Spielberg recently gave some kind of interview. Um, I don't, I think it was, was it Jaws? One of his movies, I think it's Jaws, that they're they're putting out on Blu-ray or something soon. I forget. Okay. Um, I think it was Jaws. I, I, I don't even remember. And so basically he came out and he said that he will not ever again will he digitally alter any film that he has already made. Good. Yes. Finally, this guy can learn. With this this other idiot, this bearded moron, will not figure out. Well, I mean, obviously he has some kind of mental problem. <laughs> like, like he's in a he's in a state of arrested development. He's like OCD; just can't leave it alone. Yeah. Unfortunately. So anyway, yeah. So like Spielberg, I think the thing with Spielberg is. He he took a lot of flack for altering E.T. the way he did. Has that come out on Blu-ray? Uh, I don't know if it's coming on Blu-ray, but when they did the special edition like DVD yeah. back in like 2002, I yeah. think he added in a lot of these deleted scenes. Oh, but the problem was, and you know, he remastered it. But the problem was. He did this thing where he he made it like quote less violent. He took all the all the times that the military people had guns, he digitally altered them to be walkie-talkies. That is stupid. Yeah, and he did some other stuff that was really really lame. And it was cause the thing was it was after 9/11 and he was like really concerned about, you know, the kids like ET and it was too violent. It was, it was stupid. really stupid. So so he came out with the DVD then he came out with a special edition, Double Dip. Then he'll come out with the third edition that's back to the original, Triple Dip. No, no, no. no. Actually, no. The E.T. that he released in that 2002, I think that was the first time it was on DVD. Well, whatever. And, and what he did was, and actually one of the things he said in this interview was he said, you know, one of the things, you know, people ask me all the time about, you know, which copy of E.T. should they watch? He's like, just watch the 1982 version. Exactly. Hello, and of course. He, yes, and what he said, and I don't know if he, he was doing this, you know, just subconsciously or he was actually digging at Lucas or not, but he goes, look, when I, anytime that I, I, if I release any kind of special edition with, with, you know, remastering or anything like that, he goes, even in the future, you know, if we have to, you know, because what he was saying was in the future, if we do release like Blu-ray or something, you know, you're going to clean it up. He goes... I'm going to include the original copy. Yes. And that's what he did with E.T. If you bought that special edition, there was both versions. Of E.T. On DVD. Yes. George, yeah, which George Lucas will not do this. <sighs> so anyway, so Spielberg is doing that. And I think the other thing that he's, I hope, that he has learned from that fourth Indiana Jones is that his ID, ID, idea, sorry, of of um cgi is ridiculous and does not work <laughs> because you know a lot of people made fun of the the movie in the regards of wow oh, george lucas ruined it because it's stupid but 
you know, I've seen all these different drafts of the script. They were almost all the same. And they weren't that bad. And again, I never thought that this Indiana Jones looking for then you know something that had to do with aliens was all that crazy. You know, is it any crazier than him finding the the the, the ark? No. You know, or the Holy Grail. No. I mean, those things probably don't exist either. So it, it wasn't any crazier. But I, I, in my opinion, I think Spielberg ruined that movie to a, in a sense with some of the CGI ridiculousness that he did. Plus, for some reason, he cheapened out on a lot of the sets. They looked really cheap. Yeah. Very strange. But anyway. So there's that. Oh, and then so then the third thing that I'm relating into this with all the Star Wars and all that kind of stuff is Kevin Smith. Who? You know, Kevin Smith is, is Mr. Star well, Wars. Who we love. Not really. Being sarcastic. Uh, no, I like some of his movies. So apparently Kevin Smith put out this casting call because he's doing... I forget which channel... Oh, it's on AMC. He's trying to put together a reality show based on comic book people. What does that mean? Comic book collectors. Stan Lee? No, not comic book you know, authors. Oh. The whack jobs who collect them. Oh, boy. And because he put up this casting call at his his comic book store in New Jersey or whatever. I don't know if they're shooting it there or what they're doing. But basically he was looking for these people who are these, like, collectors. And I think this is, like, gold it, 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 for him, It will though. be a, a, a show yes. of collectors. Yes. Collectors arguing about comic books. In issue 73, there yes. was a typo <laughs> where Superman... Uh, Nah, I, it's not even those types of people. I don't think those people exist, really, with comic books. Yeah, they do, unfortunately. Oh, God. I think it's it's more like, again, it's the collectors, these these people. And we know them from the, from the video game collectors and the baseball card collectors. A lot of these people are just insane, and we've talked about that before. But I think this is gold for him. I think this, this show is going to be watched by a lot of people because he is going to find some absolute psychopaths doing oh, of this. course. And I think they're good people could be very entertained by them. And then I think somebody should... Hey, this is a get-rich-quick. We should be doing this. We should be petitioning a pilot on video game collectors. Some of these people oh. who are insane. Oh, boy. Ugh. That is some scary territory. Wow. I mean, we we could really. I mean, you you. I don't think you ever. Do you ever watch the the uh, the Chasing Ghosts movie? No, I haven't seen it. But I gave it to you. You did. Where? Yeah. It was on my USB drive. Oh, you copied oh, it onto oh, your PC. All right, so I'll watch it. Then. Watch the damn thing. But you saw King of Kong. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know, it, it's some of them. But you know, these. I mean, those are those are like arcade game players from the eighties. And you could tell that all these guys grown up now are, are they're all nuts. Yeah. And those people in insane I mean, they, they, this is this is ratings gold. Train wreck. Well, look, for people who aren't familiar, the thing with these hard like the super hardcore video game collectors. Not people like me and you, like we just play, we have fun. I'm talking about the super 
hardcore video game collectors. These people are like, I swear to God, like they'll they'll go to the Goodwill stores, they'll go to the Salvation Army, they'll mm. rummage through like, you know, the, the, the like moldy boxes and like, oh look, I found a Pac-Man for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I'm gonna buy it for a dollar. Wait a minute, you already have, you know, ninety copies of it at home. Yeah, but now now I'll have ninety one. It's like, what are you doing? It's like these people have boxes and boxes and boxes of junk. Yeah. Like, not just video games. I mean, actual junk. Oh yeah, they got. Like, they'll be walking down the street. Oh look, someone put an old broken TV on the curb. I'm gonna oh, take it and no. put it in my basement. What, oh, then, why? Then they all, they all rave about finding these old TVs in the garbage. Yeah. Well, not only that, and computers. It, <laughs> These people are crazy. This one guy, hold on. This one guy was all mad because he went to like the local, you know, county recycling depot and to like dump some stuff off or something. And somebody had dumped off all these old like Commodore and Apple. T Actually, I think they were all Apple twos. And, you know, I hate those things. Well, they're useless. Yeah. And so they had all these Apple twos there with the monitors and all. And he asked them if he could take this. And the people that are working there are like, no, you know, we're not allowed. Legally, you know, you're not allowed. I mean, legally, when somebody comes and dumps something, you know, and relinquishes it to the county to, you know, dispose of, they can't take it and sell it. They can't take it and give it away. Nothing. No, that's kind of... So this guy... That's kind of stupid, but okay. Yeah, but and legally, they don't have a choice. So this guy was all annoyed. He's like... Rrr. And then, and so wait, I think it was maybe the same guy, but this is the other thing that these guys do. It's not just the collecting, but they buy and sell stuff all the time. Yeah. But then they, like this one guy goes, he goes, yeah, I have, I have 70 GameCubes, oh. Nintendo GameCubes. Oh I'm selling for like, you know, 20 bucks each or something. Like, how the hell did you get 70 GameCubes? That's just insanity. But that's what I mean, like, you know, again, not just the, the, the people who, you know, not, not just the aficionados. I'm talking about the, the super collectors. They'll have, like, yeah, yeah I have seven Intellivisions. Well, and they got to have it sealed. I have six ColecoVisions. I have three Vectrexes and nine Nintendo yeah. Entertainments. It's like, why? Why do you need seven Intellivisions? But that's, that, hold on, that's a very very slight minority i know but that's but that's people. the people i'm talking about the really crazy nut jobs wait a minute they're not on a hold on a second there are plenty of nut jobs <laughs> who actually don't have that much at all well that's true too <laughs> i mean they just don't because a lot of them are like teenagers still and they haven't gotten any money that they're gonna waste yet look I, i'm sure esteban you know our friend our listener esteban i'm sure he encounters the same things. He's into the toy robots, yes. like Transformers and yes. Starriers and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure he encounters the same thing. People who have, like, I have 13 Optimus Primes and I have nine Star Screams. Yeah. And it's like, why, though? Yeah, I, well, it's it's like, you know, it's like I remember the, the Angry Video Game Nerd, for example. Him and the other guy, Mike, his friend, they were showing off their VHS collection. 
And it's like walls. They have like they actually have like no DVDs. They have walls and walls of these VHS, which is almost all uh, horror movies. Yeah. From like you know the 30s and 40s and 50s. Yeah, just hundreds and hundreds of old movies. And I'm like, you guys are never gonna watch this this junk. But that's what they have. You know, and it's the collectors with everything, you know. I mean, that's why, you know, I watch that, like, uh, American Pickers a lot. And they got, like, these crazy collectors in there. I mean, those people, the people they encounter, they, I mean, like, a video game, like a movie, collecting that, at least, you know, even a toy, you know, it's functional to an extent. And it, But these people collect junk. Yeah, like like actual broken game. Con- like, hey, yeah. I found a broken uh, Atari 2600 <laughs> on the street. I took it home. Like, what? Yeah. Well, wait a minute. I mean, if I found, if I saw a twenty six hundred in a box, like at a garb, like on somebody's curb, I would take it. Even if you already had six of them. Yeah, no, I would take it to sell it. Okay, but what if it was smashed in half? No, then obviously I wouldn't take but these it. These people take it. Well, well, I would see if anything else was intact, you know. But no, I wouldn't no, take do it. Do not defend these psychopaths. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying that. And, and like a lot, again, like I said, a lot of these people, the worst of the people that are, they're not just collectors, but they buy and sell the stuff and they just have, like, there's this one guy, actually, he's in New Jersey that I deal with that I bought some stuff from and he has this really lousy website, so you can never know what he has at any time, but this guy has just, just ridiculous amounts of this stuff that he's never going to sell and he keeps getting more and more of it and he, but he's never going to sell it because his website is terrible well it's and he's a pain in the butt to deal it's, with it's you know they, they have these TV shows now about hoarding it's hoarding yeah. but just like one specific category of hoarding <laughs> so uh, I'm going to talk about uh, some movies that I've seen, which had come out a little little while ago. Um, I didn't see these in the theater. Uh, I wanted to, but then I just was like, ugh, I don't feel like it. So I waited until they came on, you know, the premium cable or whatever. So uh, the first one was uh, Resident Evil Afterlife. Yeah. That is the uh, third, I think it's the third movie, or is... Or, is it? There is a fourth movie. The Resident Evil. Yeah, I think it was the fourth one. Right? I have no idea. You know, I've never seen any of them. Ah, come on. They're good movies. The first one was good. The first one was really good, and I think the second one was pretty good, too. I like them. Um, the third one, I know there was a third one. The third one was kind of dumb. Uh, that was Extinction. Yeah, I saw that one in the theater. Eh, it was kind of dumb. Uh, and then this was the fourth one, and then I think there's a fifth one coming up. But anyway, so I saw this one. Uh, I was on Stars or something. And, you know, again, it stars uh, Mila Jovovich again. It's the main character. Uh, Ali Larder is back. She's terrible. Terrible? She's a terrible <laughs> actress. Alright. Alright. Um, 
And uh, uh, the guy, Wentworth Miller, he was uh, from the TV show Prison Break, is uh, ironically uh, incarcerated again. Uh, anyway, um, and some other people. So, uh, basically, um, uh, the, you know, the character Alice uh, shows up in this fourth one. And it's very strange because I thought in the third one that there was all kinds of clones of her. But then in this one, there's only one. It's very confusing. Very, very, very confusing. And she shows up and she's got to kill these people. Now all the zombies have these, like, snake faces and, and with these, like, snakes coming out of their mouth. And uh, I don't know. Stupid. <clears throat> and she she's in a plane and she lands the plane on top of this building. And she finds the other the character, Allie Larder's character, is Claire Redfield, which she knew already. But she has amnesia. Then they wind up at this former prison where there's about, you know, a half dozen people who are still not infected. And then they have to escape from the prison. And then they escape onto this barge where the bad Umbrella Corporation has the uh, the, the, the uninfected people. They're going to try and do experiments on them and uh, so forth and so on. So here's what I would say about the movie. The, uh, the uh, action, adventure... You know, the action part of it uh, was cool. Yeah. Um, I liked uh, some of the actors, actresses that they had in it. Some of the new characters, okay. But I felt as if the movie was totally pointless. <laughs> like, in other words, what? the the first movie and even the, and the second movie were... Um, in terms of uh, you know, kind of, you know the mythos behind it all, I could understand. The third movie started to get really, really strange, and now by this fourth movie, basically like the whole Earth has been destroyed, and you know everybody, just about everybody's infected, and it just was making no sense. Why was this corporation still trying to? you know, experiment on people and create all these crazy, you know, mutant hybrid things. What's the point? You've already destroyed civilization. Right. There's nothing to be gained. So it's very strange. Was this an movie ball movie? No, no, it's this, I think it's the same guy that Paul W.S. Anderson, who's done them all. Who, in fact, is married to, uh, Mila Jovovich. Yeah, he's done them all. He did Alien vs. Predator, which I did not like. Um, and, uh, well, he's at least written all the Resident Evil. Some of them he's directed, some he's, he didn't. Uh, he produced Pandorum, which I thought that stunk. Mm. Uh, he did Death Race, which stunk. God, well, good God, they're making a Death Race 2? What? But it's not... It's some other guy. It's not... Uh, what's his name? Jason Statham. Mm. It's got to be direct-to-video. Oh, it already came out. It's even too low budget for him. Why is the language Indonesia? Doesn't make any sense. Anyway. Um, uh, and then there's another Resident Evil coming out in 2012. Which is a Retribution. Wow. 
So this um, is like the the new uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, well, except this one, it's the same. You know, it's Mila Jovovich is doing all of them, <laughs> and other people that keep coming back. Anyway, um, so I, my point being, um, I just I thought that this I again I thought the movie was, um, it was interesting in terms of the some of the action, but I just felt like it. It didn't advance the story anywhere. It, and you're right. It was like another, like almost like another Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, after, let's say, like the first three or, of them, which just started to become pointless. Like, why are you still making these? Exactly. Oh, well. So I, I saw that one. Um uh, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave this a uh, 25%. Wow. Which I, I don't believe is good. No, well, yeah, it's a little, uh, it's a little bad. <laughs> uh, oh, well, apparently, here's the thing. Apparently, this was this movie was uh, supposed to be very good in 3D, which obviously I didn't see it in 3D. Um, but anyway, um, so I saw that one. Next. And it, all right, then the other movie I saw, which was, uh, I just, it finally, it came to HBO, and I finally saw it, was Inception. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you want me to talk about this, because uh, you've never seen it. I don't care. Yeah, well, you probably never will, anyway. Exactly. I'm not, yeah, <laughs> well, I'll never see it. Well, it's Leonardo DiCaprio, and you hate him. Don't you? Yeah. <laughs> don't you? Uh, no, I actually I like him. I like a lot of his movies. I didn't like Titanic, of course, but I'm not going to blame him. Anyway, so what is it about, or what's so? What's your synopsis? It's Inception. You know, this is the movie that won a lot of awards, made all this money last year. It's directed, written, etc., by Christopher Nolan, who's done all the Batman, these Batman movies. Um. And he did the prestige. And um, so, uh, and, and Michael Kine has a small part in it. Really? Ish. So, yeah, basically, what it's about is um, uh, Le- uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, his character, and a bunch of these other people are this team. Did, and wait, th- does Michael Kane fly an airplane into Leonardo DiCaprio's mouth? But I don't want to see it. Oh, well. So, um... Uh, so basically, there's this team of, of guys, these people, and they're... They go into... They somehow can get into people's dreams. It's like this whole lucid dreaming thing. And where you get into somebody's dream, and, and you know, you, you know, there's all this, like, crazy stuff going on. You try and plant these... You're trying to plant these, uh, um... Uh, the suggestions that are subconscious or something, extract information, etc. <clears throat> so, got to get into the dream. Now, the whole thing is that DiCaprio's character, um, had he wasn't like the the originator of this, but he was one of the first people doing it. Him and his wife, and the problem was they got a little too deep into it. And they couldn't, like, they couldn't, like, bring themselves out of it. They didn't know what was reality or whatever. Yeah. And they got stuck in some limbo, and it took them, like, 
essentially, even though it didn't take them very long, in reality, it, it was like it was like taking fifty years of life, you know, experience to get out of this limbo. So they finally get out, and the wife doesn't still doesn't think it's real, and she 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 has she thinks she has to kill herself to get out of it, and she jumps and commits suicide. She's dead. So this guy's kind of haunted by it, and within his subconscious, he's kind of built this like this this realm where she's still alive and this kind of stuff. So the team is wait, wait, time out. Yes. Is it just me, or does this sound really stupid? On the surface, yes. Okay, all right, all right. I'll let you finish. On the surface, it sounds like... You remember the the Flatliners movie with Kiefer Sutherland and uh, William Baldwin and Julia Roberts? You don't remember that? No. Where they 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 would kill themselves to, like, see what it was like in the afterlife... But then they all started having these like nightmares, and they all went crazy and stuff. I never saw that one. All right, well, kind of. It was from the eighties. Kind of remember that. It kind of reminded me of that. So, what happens is nobody believed him that his wife went crazy because of that. Because the wife was kind of crazy and like wrote all these letters that that made it sound like that he made that he killed her. There's a lot of weird stuff. So anyway. So he's he's um, accused of murder, so he has to leave the country. So this this Japanese guy comes and and he wants to steal this information or something from this competitor. Um. And so he he gives them the job and he says, "Look, if you get if you do this right, I'll you know take away the, this murder charge. I'll get it taken away, whatever." So the team decides to um, you know go in and they they, they they go in the plane where this this guy is and they you know drug him and they basically use this kind of special you know concoction and it puts you into this like unconscious state now what I couldn't understand in the movie and they never explained this which I didn't like the science fiction movie was they never explained how they were actually linked with the other people. Yeah. Like they would show these tubes that were essentially the liquid that was like putting you in this this state, but they never showed how they were connected. Was it was a telepathy, you know, what the hell's going on? So I thought that was a little stupid. So they they go into the dream, and the whole thing is like they would go into the one level of the dream, and the problem was that this guy that they were trying to get in the dream, he had been conditioned by his company to ward off these these people in case they somebody ever tried to do it. So, like, in his dream, there was all these people, like, trying to kill them. Yeah. Like the Matrix. <laughs> that's, that's actually kind of what it, it felt like was the Matrix. So, they're in there, and, you know, there's some interesting special effects and all that going on. And so they're in the first level. And in the first level, they, you know, they're being chased, and then they have to go under, and they have to t- trick this guy into thinking that he's going under now with them to get at somebody else. But in reality, they're tricking him. So they go to this next level where they're in this hotel room, and a bunch of stuff happens. 
and then they go under again and now they're on this in this like uh, you know this uh, snowscape you know and there's this ski chase which by the way was inspired by uh, Nolan's favorite James Bond movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service which had this great ski chase one million dollars it did not star Sean Connery oh who was in that one uh, George Lazenby we only did the one movie. And Telly Savalos. So, um... So that... And, and so then they're, they're in that part of it. And then the the wife comes... Invades the dream from, from there because he couldn't control her or something. And she shoots the guy. And then he's dead. And they gotta go through another level. And every time you go into these other levels, which is really one of the other guys in the team's dream... They've already, like, pre-set this up. When that happens, you need some kind of kickstart to come out of it. You know, okay. like an explosion or something. So, like, the, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a thriller. So they're, they keep going into these, these levels and, you know, oh, is this guy going to die? Is this guy going to die? And so eventually, you know, they succeed and they're, you know, they all supposedly wake up and then at the end of the movie, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, you know, gets back into the country and his father-in-law, which was Michael Caine, you know, picks him up at the airport and he gets to see his children again for the first time in several years. And the ending was ambiguous because the thing was, each of these people had some kind of like, I don't know, some trinket or something, something that would operate differently in the dream world than it would in a real world okay you know, like for example like his for example was a top you know like a spinning top yeah in a real world if you spun the top eventually that top because of friction and gravity would spin slower 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 and stop yes in the dream world it never stops so at the end he spins it and he sees his children and, and doesn't pay attention and at the end of it, you see the thing spinning, and, and it, it, you don't know it's kind of slowing down, but it's not. So it's it's kind of an ambiguous ending. So now this stupid Christopher Nolan's going to have to answer, you know, for the rest of his life, you know, what's the real, what does it mean, what does it mean? You know, kind of like Stanley Kubrick. Right. You know, with Space 2001, you know, what does it mean, what does it mean? So, of course, Michael Caine who did not write this movie, direct this movie, or anything like that, took it upon himself to explain it to everyone. He goes, because he was in the beginning of the movie, and at the end, he goes, well, you see, it's really, he's not, he's not still in a dream, because in the end of the movie, my character is in it, and my character was never in any of the dreams. Okay. But I don't, I don't think that was true, because in the beginning, what if the, the whole movie is a dream? Uh, I don't know. So it, it's it's confusing. If it, The problem is, everybody... Here's the thing. Everybody, like, took this thing to be like, you know, oh, this is going to be like the Matrix now, where, you know, it's this, like, mythos. But it's so... The, the myth... The, the, the whole plot of it was so disjointed and strange that I, I don't think it will live on in that sense. 
The only yeah, I don't thing, think so. The only thing I would give him credit for was he did not shoot it digitally. He shot the movie in, in on film, 33, 35 millimeter. Because like people were like, oh, you got to shoot it in 3D. you got to shoot it in IMAX. He's like, no, I'm not. He's like, the IMAX cameras are too damn big. And I don't want it to be digital. I want it to. I want it to be, thirty-five millimeter. And he's like, I want all the the all the stunts and the um, and everything to be real. So like when they blew up this like in the snow in the snow scene when they blew up this complex, it was a miniature that they blew up. You know, so I thought that was cool. You know, gave it like a a, a much realer looking effect and not all this ridiculous CG. Well, they did it old school. Well, that's one of the things I like about him. He doesn't do a lot of this CG. But look, I mean, I, I like the movie. I, I thought it was, a, you know, it was a very thrilling and exciting. But at the same time, I, I, I don't think it. I just, I, I personally didn't think it, it broke any kind of new ground. Where it's like, oh. You know, this is incredible. Nobody's ever done this before. I don't think so, no. I've seen too many other, like, hokey horror movies or, or some science fiction movies that did the same exact thing. Would you say it's totally worth it or it might be worth it? Oh, I think it's totally worth seeing at least once. So you give it a three? Yeah. Cool. Even though I don't have a rating system. <laughs> I tricked you. For your, I'll give it on your rating system. I tricked you into giving it a rating. Uh, so that was that. Um, the other uh, movie, a uh, little uh, show I was going to talk about that just premiered on TNT is this thing called Falling Skies. It's, I think it has something to do with Spielberg. I don't even know. What is it? The stars Noah Wiley for me are basically it's a War of the Worlds. You know the. The planet has been invaded by these aliens. Um, of course, there, for some reason, yet again, there's these spider-looking aliens, like in Independence Day. And uh, there's, like, hardly any people left. They have to band together. You know, it's it's a rip-off of so many different, you know, concepts. V, for example, the, v, the old V show. Well, but is it a made-for-TV movie, or is it a no, show? it's a series. Oh, okay. It's a series. And, um, you know, so I, I, I watched it. I, uh, I don't know. I'll give it a chance. I, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But the CG, the, the special effects on there, the, the, the like the, for the aliens were so horrible and so cheesy that I was like, I cannot believe they went to air with this. <laughs> Was it like the lawnmower man? Yeah, I mean the the <laughs> graphics on these aliens look like something out of the nineties. I, I really couldn't believe it. Wow. So we'll see what happens with that. And then you know the other thing I saw was uh, the preview of this this yet again another Planet of the Apes remake, the Rise of the Apes or something. This thing, I just. They just—they need to stop with the Planet of the Apes. Seriously. But is it a TV show? No, this is a movie coming out. Oh, okay. Basically... In a theater. Yeah, and it's all CG. And basically... Is it starring Will Ferrell? No. That was... Uh, 
Who was that? That was uh, Land, uh, Land of the Lost. I, I know. So basically, it's like present day. But he played and... Charlton Heston. No. He's dead. I'm saying Will Ferrell played Charlton Heston. In what? Saturday Night Live. Oh, okay. Well, actually, the funniest Charlton Heston was was Phil Hartman. Ah. When he did the Soylent Green. <laughs> Green is still made out of people. They didn't change the recipe like they said they were going to. It's people. It's people. Um. Well, now they're both dead. Yes. Yes. So, um, this pl- this rise of the apes, whatever. Basically, God, it. It's it's basically a ripoff of Deep Blue Sea, you know. Remember the movie with the 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 sharks, the, the sharks that could like talk or something. No, they didn't talk. They were just intelligent and like attacked everybody and ate them, oh, God. including Samuel Jackson. Good. <laughs> He's like, why can't we all get along? And then the shark ate. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> this this thing. Basically, somebody is like working on some kind. This, you know, scientists are working on some kind of, you know, genetically altered thing or something, and they give it to these chimps, and it makes them really smart. And then the chimps break out, and they take the the stuff, and they give it to other chimps and other apes. Oh, and they become really smart, and then they attack and they beat the humans. But what does that have to do with Planet of the Apes? Because. Because the whole thing with the planet, remember the planet of the apes was, it's supposed to be Earth many thousands of years in the future, and now the apes can talk, and the humans are like slaves. Right, but, the, but you know, the, the monkeys didn't, like, steal a magic hat, and now they can talk. Well, the thing was, in the original planet of the apes, that was the first one. In the second movie, which was beneath the planet of the apes... Um, the, another astronaut comes looking for Charlton Heston, eventually finds him, um, but then Charlton Heston at the end uh, blows up the entire Earth. Everybody's dead. <laughs> what? So then in the How third do one, that? because he he said, I'm not doing another sequel, so I'm blowing the whole damn thing. Oh my God. Let me tell you, I'm not doing a sequel. So then in the third one, they had Roddy McDowell again. And uh, the other, oh, what the heck was her name? Kim something or other. She was the, they were the male and the female uh, chimps. You know, uh, uh, Cornelius and Zara. So they got in the spaceship that had originally landed and went in the spaceship. But they went back in time and they wound up in, in present day, you know, in this 1970. And, you know, they were first, they were treated as like guests and then the military, you know, tried to like abuse them and then they had a child and they wanted the child and then they died but then the child you know uh the little chimp baby somebody escaped or whatever whatever then there was a fourth movie no and in the fourth movie it started ricardo Montalban, and he was this circus owner and he raised the chimp baby which eventually was played in adult form by ryan mcdowell again and the chimp baby was the only, you know, intelligent chimp. And he led this uprising of all the other chimps. Because for some reason at this point, this is in the future. 
and 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 the chimps and other apes had become like domesticated, you know, and they became smarter because of that. But they didn't talk or anything. He was the only one that talked, and they had an uprising, and they like defeated the humans or something. And then the fifth movie was way in the future, and they were all like, uh, I think at that point they were all like in this like you know the the, the world had destroyed itself type of era. And then there was a TV show that followed that. Huh. <laughs> you know, it was a strange... So basically... Well, then the remake. Th- yeah, and the remake, at the end of the remake, which is terrible, Mark Wahlberg shows up. He thinks that he's back in his own time, the own Earth. And he shows up, and the planet is all these smart apes are running things. So I think that this is kind of a prequel to that. But it's totally unnecessary. Just it's stop. Enough with the planet of the apes. Oh, okay, it just looks horrible. Unbelievable. Here's the other thing wait, that's absurd. Like, why can't someone make a movie like like Planet of the Dogs or something? Like, why does it have to keep being apes? Well, they've done a movie with talking dogs. But you know what I mean. It's like, stop remaking the same thing and try something a little bit different. Uh, they can't. Planet of the Cats. Planet of the Plants. But here's the Thundercats. But here, here's the ridiculous part about this. You know, these chimps and these gorillas and orangutans take over. All three of those species are endangered species. You know, there's like a a few thousand of them left on the whole planet. Yeah. How the hell are are a few thousand apes going to defeat the humans? (laughs) That makes no sense. They don't even have guns or anything. Well, it doesn't matter. How are they getting all these apes? Where are they coming from? They can't procre. They, they procreation with an ape takes it's about as fast as with a person. They only, you know, they only, you know, they only uh, produce one ape at a time. Uh, I guess the writers didn't think about that. I mean, it's ridiculous. See, that is why they should hire us as consultants. <laughs> well, we would never do this movie. Script consultants. We would never do. We would say. All right, make a CGI, CGI Charlton Heston and have somebody do the voice. And, all, all obviously, see. gorillas are endangered. You need something that there's millions of, like squirrels. Yes. Planet of the squirrels. Yes. And they make, you know, they figure out how to make guns out of acorns. Yes. It'll be Planet of the Rats. Planet of... Exactly. I'm calling the cops. I'm calling the cops. <laughs> yeah, they already have a leader. <laughs> Who was at one time a substitute teacher for us. Um, all right, the last thing I, uh, thing I was going to say was this nonsense that some, some, some idiot was coming up with this idea that uh, maybe, maybe you would be interested in, in, in participating in this, that they would come up with, they would actually construct these floating pools in the middle of the East River that would be filtered and clean so you could swim in them. What? You, you wouldn't want to swim in the East River? No? Well, I, <laughs> you know, if I want to smell like a skunk for the rest of my life. I mean, is this the dumbest thing you've ever heard? Um, yeah, well, it's dumb. It's pretty dumb. Because the thing is, alright, they put these floating pools in there, they try to do something nice... And then you're just going to have idiots come along and ruin it. <laughs> How are you going to ruin it? You know, like they'll draw on it or they'll poke holes in the sides. Oh, well, 
They'll do something. Someone will drown. Ah, well, that goes without saying. We'll I just see. thought that that was, that was absurd. Hey, waka waka! Ah, waka waka waka! So, we received this email. Oh, boy. And it says, uh... Who, who did we insult not, this well, time? Not nobody. Wow. It says, Dear Plunge Stevenson Show, <laughs> We are After Dark Films, the film studio and production company best known for Horror Fest 8 Films to Die For, an annual nationwide theatrical event. We want to include you in our news and publicity outreach. Okay. In addition, yeah. In addition to horror, After Dark is now producing action films in collaboration with Joel Silver's Dark Castle Entertainment. Later in 2011, we'll be releasing original action films, including Transit, starring Jim Cavazeal. 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 Uh, James Frain, Elizabeth Rome, and Harold Perrineau. It's uh, Elizabeth Rom and uh, Harold Perrineau. Yeah. Uh, we will also be releasing Dragon Eyes, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. JCVD. Yeah. That's right. And martial arts star Kung Lei. More... Okay. <laughs> More titles will be announced shortly. As you may have heard, we were pleased to announce that After Dark Films, in partnership with Lionsgate and Sifi, has created a new series, After Dark Originals. Okay. Uh, with our new uh, series, After Dark Originals, we have taken the horror film festival concept to the next level, giving fans a role in developing the projects we produce. At the end of January 2011, we released the following eight films under the After Dark Originals banner. Husk, Fertile Ground, Scream of the Banshee, Prowl, The Task, Re-Kill, Seconds Apart, and 51 starring brand name talents such as Lauren Holly, Orlando Jones, Bruce Boxleitner, hey. Leisha Haley... Gail Harold and Bruce Payne. All you have to do is let us know. Um, all you have to do is let us know what your website is, and you'll be the first to receive the latest news about After Dark Films. We look forward to hearing from you. That's it. Well, best regards, Sarah Finder, Vice President of Publicity and Promotion, After Dark Films, West Hollywood, California. Yeah, okay, but what do we get? We get the latest info. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, that's it? About Jean-Claude... Yeah, I guess. Huh? I guess they uh. put... I don't know. They want to... They want the Pawn Stevenson show to be their venue for late-breaking news about movies. Don't they realize that we, we're like two to three weeks behind on everything we <laughs> did not do her research about the Paunch Stevenson show. Um, well, here's the thing. Um, you definitely are not. Uh, and I am not really a horror fan in the sense of the horror films that I 
my guess is a lot of the horror fans, although I'm looking at their list here, and I've actually seen some of these movies. Really? Now, I haven't seen Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror yet, but... No. <laughs> I've seen some of these other movies, actually. Uh, on, like, the Sci-Fi Channel or something like that, but uh, as long as you direct the video, but... Um, yeah, I mean, you know, these are movies that are, you know, they're lower budget. You know, if I see them, you know, and, and they're on an HD channel. I don't watch anything in SD anymore. I can't stand it. Um, yeah, I'd watch them. Uh, you know, if it has like a, one of those, like, you know, uh, you know, the, the actors or actresses who I liked at one time. Yeah, I'd like to see them. You know, sometimes I'll watch it. But if it's Van Damme and if it's like an action movie with like Van Damme or Seagal, yeah, I, I, I would watch them. So, I'm going to respond. I'm going to say, look, you know, we'll promote your movies. We'll do whatever you want. Just get us an interview with Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> That'll never happen. That will never happen, let me tell you. Or if they have, like, a premiere in New York or something, or, yeah, we should be able to go. Yeah, Van that's Dan. true. Yeah. Van Damme, come on. Sounds good. Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme, he's doing a movie. I forget, I forget what the uh, what the heck movies he doing in, is he doing now? Because his daughter, I think, is an actress now. It's probably him with a wig. No, no, she's actually very attractive. Uh, well, supposedly he's doing Expendables too. Oh god. Uh, yeah, Dragon Eyes that came out this year. Does he play um, Protestant priest? No. Uh, God, he's it's like 75 movies this year. I've never heard of half of these. All right, well, whatever. Next. But, uh, yeah. Was that it for you? Yeah. All right, so Celebrity Death. Uh, I don't think you've heard about this. It happened just uh, recently, but uh, one of the Jackass guys. Wait, one of what? The Jackass Oh, ah, uh, yeah, that idiot. It's dead. Uh, Ryan Dunn. Good. <laughs> Come on. I actually liked him. I thought he was he was funny on the show, and he was uh, he wasn't a jerk. You know, some of those other guys uh, were just jerks. Yeah. Like with a lot of the pranks that they did, I, I don't know, they weren't always funny. They're just you know kind of a uh, nasty. But um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, he had a bit too much to drink, and uh, he uh, drove his uh, Porsche. Uh, off the road in uh, Pennsylvania at a very high rate of speed. And uh, it, uh, according to... It's odd, though, the, the person that this came from was uh, Roger Ebert. Uh, but according to him, it, it flew through about 40 hours worth of trees. And when somebody finally found it, it was crashed, engulfed in flames. And I'm going to send you the link here of what was left of the car when they towed it away. So you don't think he was trying to do one final crazy stunt? I don't think so, no. Oh. Wow. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. That's the whole car? Yeah, I mean, it burned to a crisp. What the heck? It's like... Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you give idiots billions of dollars... Well, basically, basically, this guy... They go crazy, had, and they don't know what to do, and they just go nuts. They kill well, some, themselves. Yeah, some of the interesting uh, tweets about it was, um, for example, from uh, Ebert. Uh, he said... Uh, let me find it. 
He said, Jackass star, Ryan Dunn, R.I.P. His Porsche flew through 40 yards of trees. Wait a minute, he said something else. (laughs) That wasn't funny. Ah, I I know. I don't know what they they did with it. He said something else like... um, He probably deleted it. No, he... uh, No, I don't think so. But what does he care? Uh, Well, Opie from the Opie and Anthony show said... Uh, he died doing what he loved to do best, risking his own life. Yeah, exactly. A- anyway, so, uh, yeah. Uh, now, the thing is, his car um, is was a Porsche 911 GT3. Which, uh, in case you're wondering, is essentially a racing car with a license plate. Okay. So, I mean, this is the car, you know, pretty much stock that they use in the, in the sports car racing. Uh, now, somebody said it could reach 190 miles an hour, but that's nonsense. It, it can't go that fast. But it can go very fast. Yeah. And uh, so well, apparently obviously he was... too fast. Well, and he was drunk. And uh, him and somebody else that he had in the car, I don't even know who it is, uh, is also uh, dead. So the people were like, well, wait a minute, you know, this is so, you know, ironic, you know, in a sense, because he uh, was killed doing this and, you know, got away with all these other stunts. But I was like, yeah, but when all these other stunts that he did, they were on like movie sets with, you know, rescue people and all that, you know. Yeah, of course. You know, so. um, Common sense. So he's dead. And then was there somebody else that died? Yeah. Born January 11th, 1942. He died June 18th, 2011. 69 years old. He died from a stroke. Clarence Clemens, the a big saxophone man. player. Yeah, he was known as the big man. And he played the saxophone. It's the big man! I was wondering if you were going to catch that one. The kid from Brooklyn.com. Ernie Boss, Boss, Bruce Springsteen, Clarence Clemens, a, a great saxophone player, playing now, all my songs. Now, Bruce Springsteen. Unfortunately, that Howdy. big man did not die. No. Well, the difference was that that big man, the white big man, decided to lose a lot of weight, and the black big man did not. He gained a lot of weight. Well, he had some problems, some knee problems and back problems and stuff, but uh, I was a pro- I didn't realize he was 69. I was like, wow, is that old? Well, but, how old uh, is Bruce Springsteen? Uh, he's not that old. Yeah, it's it's very, yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, uh, Clarence Clemens was probably the most famous, you know, rock and roll saxophonist ever. Right? Bruce Springsteen is 61. Yeah, so. Years old. Yeah. Uh, famous saxophone. Yeah, I guess. I, I can't think of any other ones. Oh, well, huh? Kenny G. Oh, come on. That's a rock and roll. <laughs> that hack. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this guy guested with, you know, everybody. Yeah. From uh, Aretha Franklin to The Grateful Dead, Jackson Brown. Of course, Ringo Starr and his all-star band. Oh, why? 
um, you know, everybody. But, you know, I mean, when you think about, you know, Bruce Springsteen and, and the E Street Band and his music, I mean, <laughs> you know, his saxophone, you know, solos and stuff and, and you know, like Thunder Road and 10th Avenue Freeze Out and, and, you know, all those songs were like huge. Yeah. You know, when you think about it. And uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. 